Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. We've been uh, thinking and planning about this message, that's two weeks, for probably six months. We've been talking about this. And uh, what I wanted to do is, I, 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 we, we weren't actually going to do a series on it. And my wife and I were having our hot tub meetings. We generally have our staff meetings together in the hot tub. <laughs> it's uh, the place where both of us are the most relaxed. <laughs> But uh, we just generally get in the hot tub and we'll just kind of talk. And my wife is such a, an incredible woman of God. She will often hear the Lord uh, and, and the Lord speaks to my wife in, in very powerful ways. And often I'm just following her. <laughs> She's just a woman of God. And so often we'll be sitting there and I'll be sharing my heart and she'll say, well, we, what about this? And what about that? And, and uh, every time there's just a sense of clarity, a sense of, real. oh, wow, this is what we need to do. And so this next two weeks came out of that hot tub conversation and, um, you know, my every single year, um, we take some time to pray at the end of the year and we pray about our next coming year. And without fail, for the last six years, the Lord has given my wife a word, one word, like a word that often she'll just feel it strongly in our heart, a word from God. Um, and it's a prophetic word, one single word. And this year, the word was strength. This year, the word was strength. And the moment we heard that word strength, we knew what the Lord was saying. We knew the Lord spoke to our heart very clearly that Ryan Stead, if you begin to strengthen the different areas of your church, I will send more lost people. I will send more people to the house of God. And since we've done that, our church has grown. Our church has grown in the last six months. It's been amazing. But one of the things we've seen we, us do in the last several weeks is we've, you know, we've, we've started a foundations with Yinka and Kenang. Yinka and Kenang in the house right here. Uh, Bassey has carried that kind of foundation of, of Purple Book and leading people for two years. And then they've taken the helm of that. And now we have this class. And the reason we did our foundations class was because we wanted anyone who's a new believer to know what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about the very basics of faith? And so if you're a new believer or you want to need a refresher, you can go to that foundations class and it's almost over, but it's okay. We'll do a new one coming soon here in the next semester. We also thought, man, okay, we need to, we need to start something called First 40. And what this is, is that if you become a follower of Christ in the church, uh, we want to partner someone with you for the first 40 days of your new birth, your new salvation. And so if you want to join this team, it's pretty cool. Literally, it's just uh, people in the church texting individuals saying, hey, how can I serve you? How can I make your life better? How can I uh, get you on your journey and your walk with God? Because the Lord spoke to Steph and I and said, if you create a system, I will send them. And so we believe God's been sending them and he's going to send even more. And so we also thought, man, another way to strengthen our church is, man, we need to kind of get our, our, our people coming in the church for the first time. And so we have Vince and Justine are in the house where they were on the video. But, you know, Vince and Justine, we put this new Discover 1 in, in place. And then we put a new thing in place called Discover 2. Discover 1 is for those who just want to know about the church. Discover 2 is for those who say, I want to make this my home church. And, and so we just started that. And so all these different areas of strength that we've been adding. And one of the areas that I've been thinking about for a long time, and I've been wrestling with, and as I talked to my pastor, one of my pastors, Daryl Corbin, he told me, Ryan, I just think you need to be really honest. And I'm really good at that. <laughs> so I don't think he had to tell me that, but he just seemed to be honest about how you're feeling, how you're feeling about what you're going to share, and then really just try to bring some good, good, um, good understanding. And so I, I, I want to tell you today that what we're, what we're wanting to do is wanting to create, a, a, as the church continues to grow, we need to add strength to those who say, this is our home church. 
this is where I want to plant myself. But we need to identify those people. And so what we're wanting to do is we want to implement a form of, and I'm going to say this word, but don't worry, hang out with me. Some of you in the room are going to be scared by it. And some of you are like, what does that even mean? Is this like, a, you know, do I have to wear a collared shirt to this? Or, you know, we want to start a, 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 a form of membership in our church. What we want to call it is partnership. And uh, what I want to do today for this week and next week is I want to lay a biblical foundation for this idea of membership. But I also really help you understand something about what this means. So here's my concern. My concern is for those in the room today watching online who are new believers, some of you in the room today have not had a church experience outside of Love City Church. You got saved in Love City Church. Come on, you, you haven't had a previous church experience. There's many of you that are like that. And so you're like, Ryan, I don't know what it is, but I'm in. Like, like this is awesome. Others of you have come from other church environments and you bring your version of what membership is. You have this different version of it, and some of you immediately are thinking you're zipping up your coat and you're getting ready to go. Some of you are like, okay, this is our time. Our time is short at Love City Church. I want you just to do me a favor today, and I want you just to hang on for me, uh, with me for this week and next week. I want to show you in Scripture, uh, I want to show you what the Bible teaches about this idea and what, uh, what we mean by the word membership or what we mean by the word partnership. And as the church grows, I think it's important for us to make sure we have an account for those who God has called us to pastor so that we can do everything in our power to make sure you make it to the end and that you're successful and that you thrive and that you're fruitful in the house of God. You know, and so I know for me, even though I know there might be some pushback from some people, I know that there's some people who right now their adrenaline's pumping. I know some people right now have had terrible experiences, and I'm just going to say it clearly, in really unhealthy, unbiblical churches who didn't teach you well, the, what the Bible says. Instead, it was a political structure to control you. It was a denominational structure, maybe, to control how you did life in the church. And that's my concern. My concern is that people will push back. My concern is that people will run. My concern is that people will say, you know, they'll leave today and get in the car and they'll start, mis they'll misunderstand me, you'll misunderstand me, or you'll misinterpret me, or you'll assume the worst of me. Maybe some of you don't know me very well. Uh, you're new to the church, and so you don't know that my heart is truly for you. And that I don't, I'm not a, the reason we started the church is because we wanted to get away from all the red tape, knock down hierarchy, and say, let's just do this together. That's the heart of our church. And so what I want to do is I want to lay a foundation for you uh, in this today. But I, I want you to know something very important, that the reason I'm doing this is because I believe that the benefits of what I'm going to show you far outweigh those who might push back. The, the benefits of what I'm going to show you far outweigh the potential of stepping on a beehive <laughs> and watching the bees uh, go around me and try to sting me. <laughs> it's worth it because I believe that what we're about to do is to see more people come to the house of God and we'll be able to take care of them. Uh, and it's important that you understand that. Um, maybe you're here today and... Uh, and you are, uh, you know, wondering if you're going to be forced into, part, into this partnership. No, this, no you're not going to have a, a form at the end of this series that you have to sign or anything of that nature. We're not going to force you to do anything. This is between you and the Lord. This is a decision you have to make between you and the Holy Spirit. And uh, there is a formal process that we, will, uh, that we have already in place uh, at the church. But maybe you've been here for a while and you're saying, well, Ryan, I've been here since the beginning. What does that mean for me? Well, you are, uh, uh, you are a member in spirit. And what we want to do is encourage you to consider just, you know, to, to engaging in this process so that we can make sure we have a, a pulse. Okay, so listen, what this is not, let me show you what this is not. This is not 
a marriage. <laughs> this means that if you, you know, visit another church or, you know, you go to a conference somewhere, you are not cheating on Love City Church. <laughs> this is not a marriage where you're like, you know, you know, like you're cheating on us if you listen to another preacher or you're cheating on us if you, you know, you dabble in you know, going to that YouTube, you know, you got to hide your history because you're worried Pastor Ryan's going to see it, you know. This is not a marriage. We're not in a marriage relationship where you cheat on us by growing and, 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 and gleaning from other environments. This is also uh, not exclusive, meaning that, as I mentioned, you will read books and learn from other pastors and learn from other environments. And of course, the body of Christ is huge. And so you will grow and learn. It's not, you are not exclusive to Ryan Iverson Ministries or, you know, there is not that if you're wondering. <laughs> I don't have that, but I'm just saying you're not exclusive to what I teach or what our church teaches, like meaning that, that we aren't the only one that you're gleaning from and learning from. This is not a lifetime commitment. You need to understand something. People come and go to churches. There's seasons in churches. Some of you are only here for a short season. And I want to encourage you, don't outstay your season. If, if God's called you to move on, move on. Go to a, I just want you to be in a great church. If it's ours or another church, it doesn't matter to me. Just find a life-giving, healthy church. But many of us, uh, some of us are here to the day we die, like Ryan Voros. He'll be here old and gray, you know? And no matter how often I'm like, Ryan, would you leave? He's like, no, no, just kidding. It's never happened. Never happened. Just kidding. I only make fun of Ryan because many of you don't know him, but he's one of the funniest guys I know. <laughs> it's not a lifetime commitment, meaning some of you will be for a short time. But while you are here for a short time, don't let this be a place where you don't lean in and give your all. Yeah. Don't just sit in the back and, and just kind of watch until you go to your next season. That's actually not biblical, and that's not right. If you're going to eat from the house, serve in the house. <laughs> if you're going to eat from the house, give to the house. Or find the house God wants you to be in. But this is not a lifetime commitment. Some of you will be long-term. Some of you will be short-term. Some of you are here for a few months. Some of you are here for many years. You have to understand something. I recognize that. People leave churches. Just make sure you leave the church right. Yes. Don't just run off into the sunset and act like it didn't matter. It does matter. Yeah. It matters to me. <laughs> what it is not, it's not a denominational structure. I really want to make this clear. This is not a denominational structure. This is not a way to give power to some people and not to others. This is not a political position that we can vote in people who are the most popular in the room. This is not a political structure. We, we have elders in our church. We call it with our lead team, but our elders, Ryan and Julie Voros, uh, Andrew and Brittany, Stephanie and I are the elders of the church. We are uh, the ones who ultimately make the decisions for ongoing, but we also have a leadership team where Vince and Justine are on that team and Joel and Catherine and Yinka and Kenang and Bassie's on that team and multiple people in the room are on that team and we all talk together and make decisions, but ultimately it's between these three couples who make these choices. And so when you become a member, it's not like now you have voting power or something. We don't have voting power. Like we, we do this together and we do this as a team and we do this as a church and as a family, but ultimately someone's got to make the choice to make certain decisions. And so this is not a denominational structure. Now, if you've come from denomination, I know this is hard for you to wrap your brain around, but that, that, that is literally not the heart behind what this is. It has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with your money, it has nothing to do with your tithe, it has nothing to do with those things. It's not a denominational structure, and it's also not a way for you to get rights, for you to have power, for you to give your opinion on what the carpet color should be, or, you know, why Ryan doesn't wear, you know, different clothes, or, you know... And this is also, most importantly, not a power grab. 
It's important you understand something that a lot of times in churches, and my heart is to, is to bring clarity to this, the role of the pastor and the leadership team is to, is to not lord over you, but to come under you. Now, this is how it works. The leadership team is to serve you, but there's a spiritual authority over you. So my job isn't to say, well, you should submit to my authority. No, my job is to serve you. And naturally, as I serve, you say, okay, you, you have, I, I want to submit to that authority. Why? Because I've proven to you my heart isn't to control you. My heart is to serve you. It's like mutual love and respect in a relationship with a marriage. Now, it's not a marriage, but hear me. You know, as you love your wife, she gives you respect. And as she gives you respect, you love your wife. It's this cycle back and forth. So I don't need to ask anyone to come under as some environments might have or there's authority there. I don't need to do that because all I need to do is just keep serving. Just keep serving. Look what Jesus said about this. He said this in Matthew chapter 20. He said, Jesus called them together and said, among the heathen kings are tyrants. Each minor official lords it over those beneath him. But among you, it is different. Anyone wanting to be a leader among you must be your servant. And if you want to be right at the top, you must serve like a slave. Your attitude, everyone say attitude. attitude. So Jesus isn't any longer talking about you serving on a team. He's talking about your heart. Your heart must be like Jesus's. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Okay, so what is this? What is our version of partnership or membership? What is it? Well, it is this. Let me look at my notes here. It is a biblical system to help pastor and care for people. This is the heart behind this entire thing. It is a biblical system to help us care for and pastor people. This is an identifier for all of those who are all in and in a way to provide pastoral care for those who say, Ryan, we are a part of the church. We are home. This is where we're planting our lives. This is an identifier for you to finally be open and vulnerable, to finally say, okay, I'm going to open my life up so that I can be encouraged and I can be pastored and I, I can be led along my journey. And as we grow, it's important that every single person is accounted for. For. Yes. This is a good thing. This means our church is growing. Amen. Do you want to know why churches, 82% uh, of churches across North America generally don't have this type of system? Because 182% of churches across North America are less than 150 people. They have a pastor and they have some volunteer pastors and they can manage the pastoral care of the people. Our church is growing. We've seen over 200 people coming to our churches the last weeks, not let alone those who are online. We have almost 300 people who would call Love City Church their home in our church. That's a good thing. More people are finding Jesus. More people are finding health. But how do we keep track of them all? How do we do a good job pastoring them? How do we care for them? Look what, look what, Paul said in this scripture, Peter and Paul both, we want to keep track. And if you look at actually the Old Testament, there's an entire book called Numbers <laughs> where there was numbers. <laughs> the Old Testament, we see that they identified the exact amount of people that were following along in the, in the desert. We see all throughout the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4 and Acts chapter 5, they said, hey, there's 3,000 people in the church. That would mean that there's a group of people who are in the church and there's a group of people who are not in the church. He said, there's 3,000 in Acts 4. There's 5,000 in Acts 6, so forth. There was a numbering of the people. It's a way to be able to say, okay, this person is someone that we're supposed to care for. Now, look at this. Look what it says in the scripture in 1 Peter. 
Here's my concern, Peter said, and this is to me and to our leadership team, that you care for God's flock with all the diligence of a shepherd. Not because you have to, but because you want to please God, not calculating what you can get out of it, not trying to figure out how I can get that new car or those new shoes or how I can get that really nice house or how can I get myself a place where I can be the top of the podcast list or everyone will know my name. No, look what it says, but acting spontaneously, not, not bossily telling others what to do, but tenderly showing them the way. And look what Paul says here, Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church. Purchase with his own blood over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. If he's appointed me to be a leader, I am responsible to make sure that those who call this their home are being pastored and cared for and taken care of and guarded and protected. And when the enemy tries to take you out, I'm right there as a shepherd saying, get away from them. I don't know if you know this, but I pray for you. My wife prays for you. Our team prays for you. We pray and we pray and we pray. But as the church grows, I think, gosh, I don't even know half these people. I want to know them. I want to pastor them. I want them to know who God is. And I want them to be in a place where they know they can be safe and they, they can trust and they can grow and they can be pastored. When's the last time you were in a place? I don't know. Maybe it was in your last church. I don't know. Or maybe never. I don't know. Where you felt like, man, I am being shepherded as God's flock. That is my heart. And we see here that very clearly membership there's a scripture I missed that I wanted to read. Where is it? Where are you, scripture? It was a really good one. Sorry. Here's the next one. What is it? It's a commitment to open my life to the spiritual leaders and pastors of my church. It's a way for me to open up my heart and a way for me to open up my life and to say, okay, one of the biggest challenges I find with people at churches is we're all very closed. Firstly, we don't want anyone to know we're struggling. We don't want anyone in our business. <laughs> because in, in, in Canada, we're very, very, very closed. Well, I, I think I'm finding in a lot of parts of the world, but we're very, you know, we have our space. Don't get near me. You know, Yinka would say it like this, don't tinker. <laughs> But according to scripture, we see that there's, there's an openness to spiritual authority. Now, I read this scripture with fear and trepidation, trust me. Look what it says. Listen to the leaders and submit to their authority over the community. For they are a constant watch to protect your souls. Look at this. And someday I will give an account. Give them reason to be joyful. And not to regret their duty, for that will be no good to you. We see here very clearly that, that Scripture teaches us that there is an openness of our lives. And when someone says, Ryan, this is my home church, immediately it gives me permission not to mess with your life. And not to say, oh, you should do this and do that like as a controlling person. But to say, okay, now we can begin to journey together. Your life is open. My life is open. Let's fulfill the purpose of God in our life. You want to know why this is important? Because you will not stand before God like I will. I will have to take an account for every individual who calls Love City Church their, this, their home. Every person in this church. Ryan won't have to take account for it. Andrew would have to take account for it. I have to take account for it. 
I have to stand before Jesus Christ and look him in the eyes. And he'll say, Ryan, did you do everything that you could to pastor the people that I gave you? And my answer will be yes. Yes, Lord. I did everything that I could. We instituted as much pastoral care that we could. We, we disciplined and we structured and we encouraged and we pushed and we called out sin and we called out wrongdoing because that's what the Bible teaches. And so we see that there's something powerful here about opening your life up and allowing someone to have accountability in your life and someone to look at your life and say, hey, as a leader in your life, I don't know if this behavior is right. Or, hey, in this thought process you have or this biblical thought you have here, I don't know if that's correct. We need to just adjust that a little bit. That is a good thing. And I know many of you have been in environments where you've been controlled or been abused or misused. Well, I would think wolves in sheep's clothing at some time. And I'm sure many of you have come from great environments. I don't know maybe all your story, but I want to know you're safe here. You're safe in this environment to know that we have your best intentions in mind. This is also a commitment to live a biblical lifestyle without any unrepentant sin. Then I say, Ryan, if I'm going to become a part of the church, I'm going to say, you know what? I will not live in unrepentant sin. I will not, God willing, continue to engage in a life of, of pornography or or. Uh, or act out in sexual ways that are unbiblical or use my finances in ways that are not biblical or gossip or have greed or any, I'm not saying you're perfect. My gosh, I'm not either. But we work towards a life of saying, I cannot be in the house of God as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a member of God's family and continue to live in unrepentant sin. I know you were like, why did I come to church today? This is a commitment to say, you know what? I'm going to do what I can to stay and keep my life pure of sin and clean of sin. I'm doing the same journey you guys are. I'm having to put the same filters on my internet. I'm having to have the same discernment when I walk down the street, not to look at certain things and not to spend money in a certain way and not to have evil thoughts and not to carry unforgiveness. Just like you, I'm working my best to be an example of what it looks like. Gosh, I'm not perfect. Just ask my daughter. <laughs> I'm sure working my buns off trying to figure it out and say, okay, Lord, let me be a good example to the church. This is also a commitment to our biblical beliefs. And we believe very clearly, I'm very open about that, that we say, I believe in what this church believes and I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to support it and I'm going to be with it. It's also a commitment to the vision and the mission and the vision and the values of our church. It's not my mission. It's our mission. It's not my church or it's, it's our church. You know, we're all going to plant churches. We're all going to send missionaries. We're all going to start a Bible college. We're all going to see lost people saved. We're all going to see an expansion of the kingdom of God. It's ours. It's mine. Also, it is a commitment and spiritual decision to bring my best to the church. If, if you're a part of this, you say, listen, I'm not going to do it halfway. I'm not going to give just a percentage. I'm going to give 100% of myself. I'm going to say, man, I'm in. If I'm going to, if I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve 100%. If I'm going to give, I'm going to give exactly where, you know, I'm going to give with, with, with spontaneity and passion for the Lord. If, if I, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve in pastoral leadership, I'm going to give myself uh, as much as I can and the most I can. I'm going to bring my best. This is an acceptance of a responsibility for the church. A commitment to serve in the church. A commitment to gather on Sundays and Wednesdays regularly. A a commitment to bring your finances to the church and to support the mission. A commitment to pray for the church. Will you pray for me, please? Pray for me. I need it. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. The devil wants to take my family out. 
The devil is trying to take the Ling family and the Voros family out. You know, they've been under such tremendous spiritual attack over the last three months. These two families right here, sickness in their family, challenge in their home, like just constant demonic attack. Pray for our elders. See, I commit to pray. Ultimately, this is a supernatural covenant with a specific group of people in a specific place. You know, it's important to understand that God created us to be in covenant relationship with him. Our society is crying out, craving a relationship with God. They are craving a covenant with God. They are craving covenant community. But the reality is, is that when it comes to covenant community and covenant relationship with God, guess what it requires? Commitment. And our world does not like to commit. Our world doesn't like the institution of marriage. Our world doesn't like the institution of a commitment that says, I'm going to go all in on this relationship. But every single thing we see is, comes from commitment. Our jobs, our employment, our marriages, especially the church of God. And this is why our world is trying to fill that spiritual emptiness. But you need to understand commitment requires accountability, ownership, responsibility, and it requires expectations. So what I want you to understand is that there is a spiritual process that happens when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ, what happens is is that you uh, accept him and you hear the message of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ walked on the earth. And as he walked on the earth, he was a sinless man, yet he was God. And he went to the cross and every sin and every wrong thing that you've done and your shame and your guilt was taken upon our Jesus on 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 his back. He was beaten and he was bruised for you and for me and God took the sins of his creation on his shoulders and he was crucified and in that moment sin and death were destroyed over our lives and three days later Jesus Christ rose from the dead and conquered death and so that you and I now have access to eternity and can spend an eternity with Jesus Christ when you and I hear the gospel of Jesus Christ you and I are saved and we are added to the house of God Look what it says in, in Acts. This Peter just preached the same message that I just said. And it says, these words of Peter's moved them deeply. And they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? And this is what was happening. Right now, they were finding Christ. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord, and you believe in your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And there's salvation you don't have to be water baptized to get saved. You don't have to do a crazy prayer to get saved. You just have to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And guess what? All your sins are washed away and you will spend an eternity with Jesus Christ. And look, what they, they said, okay, we heard this. What do we do? And Peter responded, each one of you must turn from your sin. Repent, turn to God. Look at this. Be water baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then if... Also, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And look what it says. It says, those who believed Peter, they had salvation. They were baptized. Look at the third word. They were added. They were added to the church that day. They were added to an environment. You know, 120 times the word church is used throughout the New Testament. The word ecclesia, 93 times it's used to describe the, uh, a specific localized gathering. 
Only 20 times is he used to define the universal church. You were added to the church. And when you were added to the church, something supernatural happened. There was repentance. Listen, there was water baptism. Water baptism does not get you saved. But what it does is it baptizes you. It's not just an individual experience. I want you to hear me. Water baptism isn't just something about you or your personal confession. Although it is, it's important, it's powerful. There's a journey that you go on. But did you know that the purpose of water baptism is that you are baptized into the family of God? You are baptized into the church. You are baptized into an environment where you can be encouraged and strengthened and, be, and, be, and, be, and be, have life and grow in your walk with God. You were added to the church of Jesus Christ and something supernatural happened. You were planted. You were planted in the church of Jesus Christ. You were planted in the house of God. You were planted in Love City Church. If you're here today, the Lord has planted you here. When you give your life to Christ, you can't, I believe this is all my heart. I'm going to say it very clearly. You cannot be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be a part of the church. It is not possible. It's like being a Christian without Christ. You need the church and the church needs you. What happens is, is you are planted. You are planted in the house of God. You are added you are placed into a spiritual family and you are now in the household of God. You are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. See, what happens is, is that we are placed in an environment where we can grow and we can change and we can have accountability and we can fulfill the purposes of God on our life. Romans 12, just as therefore many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We, we are all parts of it. Look at this. And it takes every one of us to make it complete. See, what membership does is say, okay, who, who is the every one of us? Who are those who say, Ryan, this is our church? What I would say, you say, Ryan, what if I don't become a member or a partner? Can I still be there? Of course you can. Anybody can come to the church. Anybody can engage in relationship. Anybody can engage in the house of God. Anybody can. But my responsibility is to take care of those who say, this is my church. Because it requires every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other. And each needs all the others. God put you in a local church. He planted you. He placed you here. You might not like it. Some of you love it. Some of you are impartial. Some of you don't like it at all. You say, why am I here? It's because God placed you here. Look what the scripture says in Psalms 92. But the godly will flourish. So everybody say flourish. flourish. Say it again, flourish. flourish. One more time, flourish. flourish. That's a good word. For they are transplanted to the Lord's own house. They flourish in the court of our God, even in old age, hallelujah. They will still produce fruit. They will remain vital. They will remain green. Do you see all these words? When you're planted in the house of God, there is strength like an ox, strength like bull. Refreshed, flourishing, growing strong, longevity, 
health. But what happened was, is you were dug, you were picked up from your old environment. You were picked up from your old life. You were picked up from your old ways. You were picked up from your old thinking. You were uprooted from that old way of life and you were planted in a new environment. This plant here was given to my wife by her brother. It was a little tiny shoot about this big. And this plant has been gone to many of your homes. I know Letitia's got one and Courtney's got one and a few others if you have one. This plant here has multiplied over into the homes of those around us. It started like a little tiny shoot. And when it was planted in this soil, the scripture here says that you were dug up and you were put back into this soil. God planted you here, but now you have to root down. And I'm gonna say this, this is where Many followers of Jesus today are struggling in their walk with God. They are Christians, but they are not planted. Unplanted Christians do not flourish. You won't flourish. Because what happens is, if I were to, my wife would kill me, but if I were to rip this out of its soil, as I ripped it out of the soil, what would happen was is that it would lose 95% of its water and I would stick it in another soil and it doesn't get its roots down, what happens? I rip it up again and I put it in another environment. I rip it up again and I put it in another environment. I rip it up again and what's happened? All the dirt from all the previous environments have gone into this new environment. So now you're standing in a local church where you're angry and you're bitter and you're frustrated. You're mad with God, you're mad with life. Life's not going well, what's going on? Why don't I have a relationship? Why can't I connect? Why are my kids not doing well? What's going on? It's because you planted and replanted and uprooted and planted and uprooted and planted and uprooted and planted. This is called church hopping. Uprooted and planted, uprooted and planted. This is an epidemic in the body of Christ today because in Canada, we don't understand what local church is all about. Local church is about planting. You get planted. Your roots go down. Now, when you're planted, you say, well, it's going to get great. No, listen, you're going to get offended. I will offend you. I will hurt you. This church won't always be as great as you think it could be. We will have relational struggle. There will be people in the church that you don't like. I can name five of them. Just kidding. (laughs) You think that the local church is just about you having an amusement park experience? You're wrong. It's called a family. How many of you know the drama you have in your family? As long as we're not having unhealthy, immoral drama, we're okay disagreements and misunderstandings and step on each other's feet and not understanding things and things are, that's normal in the house of God. Can I give you some pastoral encouragement today? Listen, the goal is for you and I to flourish in the house of God. Not to go from place to place to place to place. If you just study any system of rooting, you'll know that doesn't just hurt you, it hurts your children. If your children grow up in an environment where it's this, this is what we did our whole lives. We just uprooted it. And they won't know what it's like to be planted in the house of God. Let me encourage you with something today. This is, I'm not asking, forcing, asking everyone in the church to today sign a commitment card. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm trying to teach you. It's called the doctrine of the local church. Something's gone on in this country and it hasn't been taught very well. 
It's not an environment where you're controlled. It's not an environment where you're lorded over. It's an environment where we are followers of Jesus Christ, rooting down for the mission to reach lost people and to make disciples and to plant more churches. That's what we're doing together, using our spiritual gifting, being used by God, encouraging one another, learning and growing and maturing until all of us come to the unity of the faith and together making a difference for God's kingdom. I want to tell you today, People need to make a choice and say, okay, I'm going to plant myself down. I'm going to put my roots down. And when you do, you'll start to make more friends. You'll start to see a movement in your ministry. You'll start to have more relationship. You'll start to have more connection. I promise you, I make you a promise. Your life will be blessed. You will flourish in the house of God. It'll flourish just like this. It started like this, and now it's given off multiple church plants. <laughs> This is what our picture of what it looks like to be planted in the house of God. And I do believe you making a decision to become a member of a church somewhere is really important for your walk with the Lord. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a few moments here today and we're gonna respond in just some worship for the next just 10 minutes. So why don't you stand to your feet? Now, what I wanna ask you today is this. Will you please come back next week? <laughs> please next week I'm going to spend more time diving into like we're going to study get into the scripture of where we see the accounts of membership and, and help you understand some of the stuff that you probably won't often hear on a Sunday uh, scriptures that wouldn't be taught normally <laughs> I want you to understand what that means what it looks like and help you really understand what does the Bible say about this idea of, of membership come back next week please come back next week join us again online next week and let's really hear what God says and make a conscious decision that we're going to ask the Lord sincerely, Lord, where do you want me to plant myself? Listen, if it's at Love City Church, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. If it's not, that's fine. Let, we'll even help you find a great church. I know five of them right now that I will take you to, probably not personally, but I will encourage you to go and maybe someone else in the church could join with you. We, we, we're not just exclusive. We're not the only church in this, in this city. We're not the greatest thing since sliced bread. We are just one of the great churches. So if you're here and you're like, man, this just isn't a good fit for me, that is okay. Let's find you a great place where you can thrive. But for those of you who say, Ryan, this is it. Let's get down. Let's plant in. Let's change the city. Let's plant churches. Let's grow in our walk with God. Let's encourage one another. Let's see a move of God in Love City Church. Let's do it together. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Just place your hands in the air for a moment. I just want to pray, and then my wife's going to lead us here in the last few moments. Lord, we just come to you, Father. And Lord, I, I know, Lord, there's so many people, God, with history, baggage. And as we worship, Father, here for the next few moments, Holy Spirit, would you just come and wash your, your grace and your mercy and your truth over us, that we might not see what's happened, but Lord, we might see clearly in your word. I just pray, Holy Spirit, you would come, and as we worship you, you would, Lord, heal any brokenness from the past. Lord, restore any, any brokenness of the past or unforgiveness or bad experiences. God, just as we just worship, Holy Spirit, we just trust that you are the great advocate, you are the comforter, you're the counselor, and just minister to us in these next few moments. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, church, let's worship together.